As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. A lot of property managers and even investors, it's all about door count, door count, door count, and just how can I accumulate more doors when the reality is from a property management perspective, there is a ton of things that you can do with one door before you go searching for door number two. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com, and in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. And we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best Ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with this day, Tony LeBlanc. How you doing, Tony? I am doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to hear that and my pleasure. And a little bit about Tony. He's an entrepreneur and owner-manager of Ground Floor Property Management, one of the largest property management companies on Canada's East Coast, author of Doorpreneur, Property Management Beyond the Rent Roll. And with that being said, Tony, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. So I come from a property management background. So second generation, my mother managed the world of multifamily throughout a 35-year career. I was fortunate enough to have a place in that early on in life where I used to help her in the building that we lived in. We were a resident manager, so I did a lot of the cleaning and various other activities to help her out. So I was very fortunate that I got real estate bug actually quite early. Learning from the owners of her company kind of put that in my mind as I went into college. Although real estate and property management wasn't my first career, I did a 15-year stint as a software engineer at IBM. And luckily enough, early in that career, I started investing in multifamily quite young. I bought my first building. I was 23, I believe. I bought a triplex 
continued to invest. And then uh, about 10 years later, the traveling at IBM started to become problematic for the family situation. So I went back to my roots, started my own management company and fast forward 10 years. We now have an amazing property management company that spans three provinces here in Atlantic Canada with close to 2000 doors that we currently take care of. Wow. And from that portfolio, we've been able to spin off around six other service businesses that complement the management business. And I've taken that, what we've done and put it into a book, The Doorpreneur, where I hope to provide some context and perhaps some new visions for other property managers out there that are looking to grow beyond just adding doors. Ah, yes. Let's talk about that. What are the six lines of business? We currently have landscaping, snow removal, residential cleaning, commercial cleaning, mortgage sales, and we're looking at two others, appliance repair and roofing. Okay. And I type as quick as I can while trying to be (laughs) quiet so that best ever (laughs) listeners don't get annoyed by my quiet keyboard that I had to purchase because it was annoying before. So I wasn't able to get all that. So landscaping, snow removal, mortgage sales, appliance repair, roofing, what else? Commercial cleaning and residential cleaning. Uh-huh. And the most important, maintenance services, handyman services. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. That okay. is by far our biggest opportunity and our biggest workload for sure. Okay. You said you're looking into appliance repair and roofing. So does that mean we shouldn't really talk about that for this conversation because you're not... Okay. All right. So that's two things you're looking into. So let's talk about the stuff you are doing. So maintenance repair, you said that's the biggest opportunity. Is that currently the one that makes you the most profit? I would say there's definitely a financial reward to it. There are great opportunities in that space. Probably more importantly, from the property management perspective is having control over that maintenance from a quality coordination and all that to be able to control that in-house. We've had the experience to where you work with different trades. When your unit count gets pretty high up, it just becomes more efficient to have your own staff take care of those things. That makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah. From a profitability standpoint, just to make sure I'm understanding correctly, out of those six, does maintenance services generate the most profit? Yes. Okay. And how does it stack up against your profit from managing the 2,000 or so doors? I'd say probably from a margin perspective, maintenance is a little bit lower. I would say the management side is a bit higher. But 2019 has been an interesting year that our maintenance division has actually grown bigger than our management company. And that's really when we knew we had something really cool that want to share and put it out there because a lot of property managers and even investors, it's all about door count, door count, door count. And just how can I accumulate more doors when the reality is from a property management perspective, there is a ton of things that you can do with one door before you go searching for door number two. Hmm. And we've done a lot of work in that and try to extract everything that we can with a single door before we start moving on. When you say bigger than the management Find revenue, general revenues. Revenue. Okay. So maintenance services has more revenue, but lower margins than management. It makes a lot of sense. I've never had my own property management company, but I'm thinking about if I did, the challenge I would have with having these other services is I'd say, ah, Tony, there's a lot of opportunity. You're right. But I want to focus on what I'm good at and that's managing properties. And I want to hire the experts who are trained in the other areas. 
So what's your response to that? I also had that mentality probably for the first five years of running our management company where we weren't so much into the other things. But what I've learned over the last five years, this kind of the second half of our company is that by having these internal services, they've actually made our property management company 10 times stronger, mm-hmm. better, and more profitable. Because of the life cycle and the relationships that we're able to build with our investors and the reusability of the staff within the environment. So property management, and I'm sure you can attest to, is difficult industry, tough things about it. And growing in door count, continuously striving for more doors, more doors, and more doors, and worrying about a churn rate. So it's the amount of doors that are going out, you got to replace every year. By having additional services, in my opinion, you can make your management company stronger and your churn rate is going to go down because you're not having to go after as many properties because essentially you don't have to continuously grow in door count when you're building the other businesses. Well, does the churn rate go down or does it just become not as relevant? It becomes not as relevant. And essentially it has gone down tremendously. And why do you have a lower churn rate by having these services? Because you're attracting a better quality owner, an investor, and partner. I'd say over the last two years, the quality of people that are us now are much different than probably seven or eight years ago. Now we're working with investors that are financially okay. We're dealing less with accidental landlords that are coming into situations where they really can't do a whole lot with a property when situations may or may not come up. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to kind of connect with different investors and entrepreneurs that have that mindset. They love what we're doing and they want to kind of be part of it. It's worked out really well. I'd love to hear that for your business. I guess the question I have is how does having a higher quality of investors relate to having different lines of business. It seems like that could be more just a result of you all being more intentional about who you bring on and the evolution of your company getting more established. But help me understand that connection. So quality of service is a big one and also costs. We're lucky we're being put in a position or we are in a position to where I would say 99.9% of the time we can do things at a lower cost than the outside trades. And oftentimes we believe that we can do it much more efficiently and better just because we have more control, everything. So probably the biggest bonus or benefit to our owners is from a cost perspective. We give them amazing deals. Now, the beauty about what we've done here is it's important to note that these service companies, they handle our internal portfolio, but they're also outside facing businesses as well. So there's a lot of clients from the outside. So Our own internal portfolios are obviously priorities and the pricing is pretty phenomenal. So we built it out intentionally. So now let's pretend that you have to remove one of your lines of business. Which one do you remove and why? Landscaping. Landscaping, you've seen that over the years, it's kind of a low-hanging fruit type product. It's very labor-intensive. There's a lot of overhead involved and the margins are very, very small. Initially, we got into it because we weren't happy with a lot of the vendors that we were working with, constant babysitting. So we ventured out into that market. We've done a great job and it continues to provide some dividends for us, but it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Almost a loss leader. Yeah, definitely. We do a lot of landscaping in order to get snow contracts. 
we love doing year to year type engagements to where we take care of everything indoors and outdoors for a client, whether if it's our properties or outside. And why is it that snow removal? Because I've heard this from every landscaper I've spoken to in places that has snow. They're like, I want to get in the snow removal much better margin. So why is it that snow removal has better margins than cutting grass and planting flowers? A lot of times it's because of the big gear involved, the immediacy of the service. So when it snows or if it's ice out, you need somebody there now. It's not something that can wait. On the snow removal side, the gear is incredibly expensive when you start talking about tractors, loaders, and all this other type of stuff. And one of the most important things is liability aspects. If you've got a nice storm and your parking lot is full of ice or your front walkways of your apartments or your houses are a mess, you're setting yourself a danger, a lot of risk. So risk reward in that type of environment. So salting is definitely an area to where the margins in it are incredible. And snow removal, there's a lot of risk in it as well. It's all dependent on mother nature. We've had years where we've won tremendously and we've had years where we are ready to pack it up. We're like, I can't go through another winter like that where it just snows 30 centimeters every two weeks and you just can't get ahead. Well, isn't that a good thing? Cause that's just a lot of business. No, not when you have set contracts, a set price. Oh, there's the rub. There are some people that go out and they'll charge an hourly rate for mm-hmm. snow removal, but from a client perspective, they find that that's too much of a risk. So a lot of them will go with fixed contracts mm-hmm. and regardless of how much snow falls, it could be next to none, or we can have a brutal winter and just crush any snow operator. It's got to be real careful. I love talking about this. You've got all these different lines of business and they're all related and it's really interesting to talk about. One of the points you made a while ago, how it kind of rolls back up to the real estate investor. I want to make sure it's clear that creating these additional businesses, these lines of business doesn't necessarily take our focus away from property management because we know the game is getting access to the asset, controlling the asset, and then you have options. So without the management component of all this, all of this kind of goes away to nothing. So we've really put a focus to where our management is obviously number one. And then the other businesses that we're bringing on board, once they've point a proper point person, a manager is put in charge to run that operation as if it's its own little business. So with close to 2000 doors, you've seen some things and your team has seen some things and there've been bad stuff and some great stuff, I'm sure. So Let's talk about a landlord that you worked with that no longer works with you because they don't like your company more. They went to a competitor. Tell us a story about when that happened. I would probably say this will happen quite often with the accidental landlords. So an example of one is somebody that has a house, either they're getting relocated, they got to move, or they've run into a separation. So we're stuck with a single family home. So they'll call us out of desperation. I got to move and I need somebody to take care of this house because I can't sell it. So we come into the picture and we start managing the property. The tenant turns over. So it comes back up for rent. Yep. And the house is a mess. It needs a new paint job. Mm-hmm. It needs this. It needs that. And oftentimes the owners are not in a position to financially be able to do the things that we're requesting to have done. That has caused many a relationships to be broken up. Just mm-hmm. we're not on the same wavelength in terms of 
what we think is rent ready versus what they think is rent ready, especially when they've lived in the house and it used to be their personal home. Mm. There's a lot of personal feelings involved and it gets a little dicey. Multifamily apartment buildings, God love them. No emotions around them. It's just numbers. And you don't get that same attachment as you would single family home. So that's been a popular one. That makes a lot of sense. It's a black hole if you allow a new resident to live in there without it being rent ready, according to you all, because then they're not going to be as qualified and then you have to evict them. And then it's a downward spiral is what I should have said. Not a black hole, but downward spiral. And it's a reputation thing. Nowadays with social media, if I don't provide a house or an apartment that is spotless, that has hopefully a fresh coat of paint, that maintenance-wise, it's all intact, light bulbs are all in, light switches work, things that people expect, it all comes back falling on us. And they are two minutes away from going to Facebook and telling the world that company XYZ sucks when the reality is they don't have challenges that we face in the back end nor should they. So that's why we've learned over the years, over a lot of painful mistakes like that, that we go through a a great amount of work to choose who we're working with now and to make sure that those types of things don't come into the picture. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that. One thing that comes to mind is I'll talk to owners who are looking at potential properties to buy, and they're also looking at property management companies to manage them. So they'll go drive by a property They'll see that the property, and I'm talking like a 20-unit or 30-unit apartment building. They'll see the apartment building looks run down, and then they'll immediately assume that property management company is not good. But in reality, the property management company can only do so much because they're handcuffed by the money that's available from the owner. And they might be in the process of firing the owner, or they might be talking to the owner like, hey, let's get this money into the property. So... There's always two sides to the story. Now, it very well could be the owner is giving them the money, but the property management company is dropping the ball, but it shouldn't be an immediate assumption. Yep, absolutely. And unfortunately it is because we're the face of most of the properties that we're dealing with. So nobody knows the owners. They're in the background and that's how it should be. We accept full responsibility when we take over a project and that's the way we like it. So we just got to make sure that everybody's in line. Everybody's got the same kind of core principles and guidelines on how they want to run a building. And maintenance is the number one topic that you got to get out of the way and you got to be on the same wavelength. What's something challenging you've come across with a landlord or tenant outside of the accidental landlord component or dynamic? Either a particular tenant was complaining about something. You're like, wait, how do we solve this? Or you all were working with landlord on a particular deal and it just took a lot of effort on your team's behalf and then you turned it around. Just anything like that. So this has happened to us, unfortunately, quite a bit in the last, I would say, two years. So we get the management of a property. Everything goes well. We get the tenant. Everything's going great. Then the owner decides to put the property up for sale. Trying to sell a property with a tenant living there is a nightmare. Apartment buildings are fine. It's definitely a lot easier. The tenant is not expecting to get kicked out. From a residential perspective, whether it's a single family duplex, you know, kind of a smaller type property, specifically single family, it's very, very tough for the tenant to be able to deal with those types of situations. So Mm -hmm. constant showings, constant interruptions, and the fact that they don't know when they're going to be kicked out. So that's a very tough situation for a property manager to be in because Mm -hmm. it's like, we want to help support 
the investor and selling his assets and helping them do what's best for them. But we also have to empathize with the side of the tenant to say, okay, well, how are we going to make the situation as painless as it can be? And sometimes it gets a little messy in terms of they get a quick sale. The tenant's on a year lease. We're supposed to give them this amount of time to get out, but the deal's got to close in 30 days. And then you kind of get put in that awkward, you're, you're doing things that necessarily don't want to be doing, trying to kick the tenants out. And it can get a little frustrating and a little hairy at times. What's a tip or two for someone who comes across that scenario in their management company? Well, from a property manager's perspective, put in a new clause in your management agreements that protects you from this situation. So if an owner decides to put his property up for sale, then he has to provide a certain amount of notice to you so that you can provide the proper context for the tenant. And the proper lease needs to be put in place. So if I'm signing up a new owner and he's wishy-washy about selling in a year or two, then I'm going to protect myself in my management agreement, but I'm also going to protect the tenant in terms of a lease. So maybe I don't do a year to year and I do maybe either a, a month to month type lease to where I'm with them and saying, listen, this owner has decided to rent this place right now, but that could change. So I'm kind of telling you in advance, there's a risk here. And then that way, when the situation and if it comes up, I've covered as many bases as I can to make everybody happy. That's based worked on, out really well. Taking a step back based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Property managers and real estate investors can create epic results when partnered properly. Mm -hmm. Well, I think everyone would agree who's had a good experience with the property manager. That is the case. And I certainly would agree. And real quick, what are two or three questions at most that a real estate investor should ask a potential property management company that will manage their residential one to four unit property? Staffing. What does the staffing situation look like? There are a lot of property management companies that are one-man shows. They can have a nice website, they can have a nice this, and they can have a nice that. But you want to know what the staffing situation is, and you want to know kind of the unit count of what you're getting into. So if it's a one-man show and he's got 250 units, you better be careful. <laughs> yep. Because this business, there can be days where there's not a whole lot going on, and then you can be completely underwater the next day. So huge, huge importance is, is that whole staffing aspect or ratio in terms of how many units they have. I would also look at from a community perspective, what is the historical picture of the company, how long they've been in business and what is kind of their primary job. So we see a lot of realtors management on the side. So it's really kind of a little bit of a side hustle for them. Again, some of them are absolutely amazing, but it's just a matter of being aware and okay of that situation. Personally, if I'm handing over a million dollar asset to a property manager, I want to make sure that there's a company behind this and that there's good insurance policies in place. They got an office, there's a staff. I want to make sure that it's something legit in the back end and not just, again, somebody that's just kind of floating around with this on the side. It's too dangerous and too many bad things can happen quickly. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, man. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference. 
BEC20.com. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Okay, what's the best ever resource you couldn't live without that you use in your business? I would say our property management software. Proprietary software? Yes, it is, yeah. So proprietary, do you license it out too? Yeah, it's a third-party software, Buildium, oh. we use. Buildium, okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely could not live without it. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? We do a lot of lunch and learns or coffee dates at our buildings. So it's a way for us to be able to get to know our tenants a little bit better. And in the same way, we provide these types of boxes where they can make donations. We do a lot of work with the Red Cross when there's emergencies that come out like fires and stuff like that. So we're able to take stuff that tenants give back and that we can give back to the Red Cross. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Best place is doorpreneur.com. All my information's there. Tony, thank you for being on the show, talking to us about your different lines of business, as well as your focus on property management having a discussion on certain lines of business that make more money than others, where opportunity is and maintenance services and questions to ask and think about prior to hiring your property management company. So hope you have a best ever day. Really enjoyed our conversation. We'll talk to you again soon. What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Best ever listeners, go to bec20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, bec20.com.